Attention all S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is Steve Rogers. You've heard a lot about me over the last few days. Some of you were even ordered to hunt me down. But I think it's time you know the truth. S.H.I.E.L.D. is not what we thought it was. It's been taken over by Hydra. Alexander Pierce is their leader. The Strike and Insight crew are Hydra as well. I don't know how many more, but I know they're in the building. They could be standing right next to you. They almost have what they want. Absolute control. They shot Nick Fury. And it won't end there. If you launch those helicarriers today, Hydra will be able to kill anyone that stands in their way. Unless we stop them. And I know I'm asking a lot. But the price of freedom is high. It always has been. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet I'm not. Did you write that down first? Or was it off the top of your head? You smug son of a bitch. <laughs> Welcome back to Box Popcast. I am Chris Maverick, and as always, I am here with Wayne Wise. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Mav. We're back again. Back again. So, today's topic should be kind of interesting if you're a big geek, I guess. <laughs> for a little bit of background, today for us is July 5th. It is the day after the 4th of July, which in the United States of America is Independence Day. Hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Fireworks. Um, if I had more energy, I would edit in fireworks here, but no one cares and it would just annoy the shit out of everybody. So we're not going to bother. But when we were trying to decide what we wanted to do this week, we talked to Abby and oh, Abby's here. Hi, Hi. Abby. Hi, Abby. Welcome <laughs> and, back. And Abby says that today is also Captain America's birthday. Well, because yesterday was. Well, yeah, I guess yesterday <laughs> or a week ago, if you when you're listening to this, probably yeah. or years ago, if you who, who knows, podcasts are forever. But Abby's a big nerd, so she knows that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know it's Captain America's birthday. Very fictional character. Born on the 4th of July. Him and Tom Cruise. And my nephew. And yeah, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> yes. So today's a whole show about Abby's nephew. It's <laughs> 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 going very exciting for pop culture fans out there. Uh, no, this is a show about Captain America and not just Captain America because we don't really do that kind of show. This is more about how patriotism is used for fictional heroes in America. And he's our biggest example because he's in movies that make billions of dollars now. <laughs> and there's not much more to his character other than I am a super patriot. That's what I, he's not super patriot. That's a different character. Maybe we'll come yeah, up, so but, yeah. but more, more, more people know who he is than Minute Man from or the original yeah. super American. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ooh, there you go. And that voice you don't recognize if you're listening to this show before that is Kane Anderson, who is joining us this week. Hey, Kane. Hey, Kane. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Kane, I know from like many, 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 many guests from this show. I just sort of forced my friends to, to be on the show. And Kane, I know from PCAACA, the pop culture conference that I go to every year. And, and you've been going longer than I have, I think. Oh, yeah. I've been going for ooh, may, maybe like seven, eight 
nine years. It, oh, okay. No, I, I actually have been going longer. <laughs> you, you've been going to the comics area, which is where we both are now. I, I switched areas from drama, but and yeah, this is a PCACA is the conference we go to where we discuss pop culture things. And in this year, Kane's talk was on Captain America and patriotism and making fun of Donald Trump. Uh, I was looking at the ways that superhero comics are combating Trumpism and how variations of superheroes mm-hmm. are used to represent a resist movement. And Abby is world's, well, you're not really world's biggest Captain America fangirl. You're more of a Bucky fangirl. No, that's not true. No? Um, okay. Steve's my number one, but people don't realize that there's like, yeah. there's this whole like Cold War ideology and representations of bodies that I do comparatively with Cap and Bucky. Okay. And so like, I have to use the comparison in them, but no, Steve's my number one. Like <laughs> that's that is unquestionable. So much so that she's on a first name basis. I, 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 I can vouch for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did my entire uh, undergraduate thesis on Captain America and representations of kind of idealism and patriotism versus nationalism through each decade of his representation from 1940 until the present at the time, which was like 2010. Oh, cool. And just as a footnote to that, I was on her tutorial board for that. Some of the people who approved it, but it, it was all her. Abby did all the work. I read all of her work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he had to read it. I did. I had to write it. <laughs> so that was the fun part. Well, I, Not we, really. We, it was stressful. Yeah, we joked at the time. You know, like I, I was you know, officially your advisor on that project, which basically the advising was when we worked together at Phantom of the Attic. And we just stood there and talked about Captain America for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was one of the members of my board. So there was like three uh, people that I asked to be on there. And uh, Dr. Lenz was like my head advisor. And then uh, Dr. Uh, oh my God, who else was on there? Martin, Dr. Yeah. Martin. I'm so sorry, Dr. Martin. I'm not going to listen to this, but if you are, I'm already sorry. I can see your face looking so mad at me. It's okay. I was just tired. Uh, and then Wayne, of course, was on there too. Yeah, I, I only met him once, so I feel no guilt. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dr. Martin's probably one of the reasons I got into WBU, so I feel stupid. <laughs> he was my advisor for four years at the university, no pig. <laughs> so now that everyone's thoroughly embarrassed, including Dr. Martin, who I don't know at all. I'm tagging him on <laughs> It was a long time ago. <laughs> but... That's great. So this means, <laughs> by the way, I'm not editing any of this out. This is, this is all great. Everyone just bear with us. This means this is one of the great shows for me where everybody knows more about the topic than I am. I'm not, I'm certainly not a novice in Captain America, but everyone has thoughts. Everyone knows stuff. So this doesn't really need to be me running the show this time. So Abby, why are we talking about Cap exactly? <laughs> Because Cap's the best. No, really. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of wrote about this in like the little introduction thing, but like red, white and blue, Star Spangled superheroes historically aren't that weird of a thing. There was a time when they were also super popular when, you know, in the night, there's a couple of them that emerged in the late 30s, particularly in the 40s, pre-war, during the World War Two. But it's kind of strange or kind of fascinating that Captain America out of all of them like has retained popularity and is still one of I mean like now especially with the movies is one of the most popular Marvel um, kind of characters and he's like this really old like kind of hanger on and it's interesting because like sure Superman and Batman are even older but they kind of have different like two years yeah two years exactly mm-hmm. um, but they have a different value system 
that kind of stands out. Yeah, exactly. Well, because so, I, part of that is, is Cap is so specifically tied. His origin is so specifically tied to the World War II era where Superman and Batman keep getting updated to they appeared seven years ago or whatever. Where, mm-hmm. Whereas he is consistently, he's a man out of time from World War II. Well, yes, now. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I kind of put forward is his retconned origin, the fact mm-hmm. that he was put up frozen on ice and then he reemerges as this relic from 20, 40, <laughs> so, how many years ago? I'm wondering, normally on this show, we sort of, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we always talk about pop culture as though either the specific details don't matter or everyone knows everything we know. And we don't, you know, we, we sort of expect people to do their homework ahead of time to the extent that it matters in the conversation. Today, I don't know if we can do that. I think we need to give a little bit of a primer on what we mean when we say Captain America is a man out of time, because that's going to come up a lot yeah. this I can give time. Like kind of a quick, yeah, sure. if yeah. I want to. Okay, so like 1940, Captain America Comics, number one by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, hits the stands. That's December 1940, so that's a full year before we even enter World War One, And that was with Timely Comics. Um, Marvel Comics didn't even exist yet. This was just one of the comic publishers that existed. And so like Captain America Comics would have like four stories stories within each book that ran for about 10 issues. And then um, actually the character reemerged again in the 1950s for four comics under Atlas Comics. Timely had been changed over to Atlas as the publisher. Hilariously during this time, uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby were no mm-hmm. longer on the comic. They were pissed Captain America reemerged and created the Fighting American simultaneously on a different comics publisher. But the Captain America character only existed for four comics in the 1950s. Then 1960s happens. 1961, Marvel Comics is, as a company is created. In 1963, I believe, the character reemerged. And so basically, um, they kind of put out feelers. There was an issue of Fantastic Four that came out, and they were like, there's this guy running around as Captain the America. Acrobat. Yeah, and uh, Johnny Storm was like, man, if only Captain America was here. And they were kind of putting out feelers of people wanted to kind of see Captain America again. And uh, Jack Kirby, you know, he worked at Marvel still. And even um, Stan Lee, you know, he was a intern at the time at Timely. So he was familiar with the character. And so they decided to, you know, have him reemerge. And he was awakened by the Avengers. And it was all this time he was frozen on ice. And um, uh, so the Avengers at this time is like the Wasp, um, Iron Man. Hulk is somewhere off. They don't like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, it's only Avengers number four. Yeah, so, number, yeah, yeah. and Thor's there. Ant-Man, and like Ant-Man the they... Wasp. Um, that they're shocked. To, yeah, exactly. And they're shocked to find him. They unfreeze him and he becomes part of the Avengers and is in that. And also Tales of Suspense, which was like the Iron Man and Captain America stories from then on. Right. And in original Captain America stories, Captain America is exactly what he sounds like. If you saw the movie, the Captain America, the first Avenger, where it's largely in the past. That's what his stories are. It's him and his kid sidekick, Bucky. Bucky's yeah. not his age. In, in, he's like in, 13. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's, a, he's a child. Yeah. And it's them running around fighting Nazis, punching and sh- yeah, punching and shooting yeah. Nazis a lot. But it's not overseas. Yeah. No, it's yeah. all it's on home yeah. turn. Yeah. And they're actually dealing with a lot of insurgents who are Americans. Like right. the first um, Red Skull is not German. No, he's an American industrialist who has huge Nazi sympathies. Yeah. And we can dig yeah. into why that is. But like it's and he dies. Yeah, no, horribly. Like, yeah. In <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of but the stories we can talk about the specifics of how we remember the stories versus how they actually were in a bit. I, I sort of touched on that in oh, the yeah. blog. But when they start off, we're not actually in the war. Nope. Um, it was the, the iconic cover. Because we weren't in the uh, war yet. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The iconic cover of Captain America punching Hitler is basically Jack Kirby daring them to join the war effort. So they essentially cause an international incident on the cover <laughs> of a comic book. But the, but those are original comics are very much war comics. Mm-hmm. He goes away towards the end of the war and Three. reappears, as Abby said, in the 50s. Which is like 54 or 55. It's 53, 54. Yeah, it's 53 or 54, I think it is. And then when he reappears in Avengers, he'd only really been gone for 11 years then. Like that's how long there had been since a Captain America comic. It hadn't been that long. They sort of, when they unfreeze Cap, they... In Avengers 4, he's wandering around and he's making he's making comments about, wow, the world's so weird. Girls really let their hair get long, didn't they? Cars don't have fins anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's noticed a few little differences. He's sort of fascinated by TV. It's, a, it's like, oh, I've heard about this and now it's and, here. Wow, and that's they complete, yeah, exciting. They completely ignored the 1950s appearances. Right. Yes. Right. So Which comes into importance yes. later. Yes. So they pretended he'd been gone for 20 years, but really it had been 10 and it's 10 in publication years, 20 in his history. Mm-hmm. As Wayne pointed out, one of the tropes of comics in general is that we sort of reset timelines a lot. And we say, you know, like, how long has how long has Batman been around? How long has Superman been around? How long has Spider-Man been around? I don't know. Seven years, 10 years, it, you know, some rough a decade or less is what we say. And it doesn't and all of their adventures up until now just always took place in those last 10 years, modula crises and reboots. And we don't care about those right now. Cap, because his origin specifically involves him having been in World War Two, that is necessary for the character and for the modern interpretations of the character. It's necessary for him to have been frozen for a while until a little Mm -hmm. bit ago. He is always from the 40s. And the amount of time he was frozen just gets longer and longer as Mm -hmm. time goes on, which leads to some really weird circumstances for his adventures because Cap has responded to things like Vietnam Mm -hmm. and Watergate and 9-11. But if he was unfrozen 10 years ago and it's 2018, that means we unfrozen him in 2008 after after (laughs) 9-11 and Watergate (laughs) and Vietnam. So, So he has a weird history that sort of oddly becomes problematic in a lot of his adventures. Another incident is the character of Peggy Carter, who, if you've seen the film, was his girlfriend in World, in World War II, though she's not in any of those, no. those actual Captain America. That's a retcon in and of itself. But that character is supposed to have, have existed since World War II. And when Peggy first was introduced in the comics, you know, Cap was a man visibly in his 20s yeah. and Peggy was a woman visibly in her 40s because it had been 20 years. Mm-hmm. and now, you know, they start doing things like where um, she becomes 90 years old because realistically to have fought in World War Two, she would have had to have been. They killed the character off, I think, in 2007 or eight. Exactly. Um, they, they actually, you know, they, they actually said, yes, she died doesn't make sense you know, peacefully of yeah. old age. But it doesn't make sense anymore because now he's been it's too long ago to have for. It's one of those things where it's like Mm -hmm. time is non-existent. It's just it's a wibbly wobbly. Like they kind of have a little more trouble with Mm -hmm. that in Marvel than DC where they're like, we literally reset our universe. Yeah. Yeah. Although right now, Peggy Carter is Captain America and the Exiles. That's true. Alternate universe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alternate universes. But yeah. Very complicated. Continue being part of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Well, the weird nature of time makes 
it a weird character because the thing that's fascinating to me about Captain America is we he's always the patriotic superhero. He is what America means. He is the American dream. But the American dream means something different in 2018 than it meant in 1941. Mm. It also means something different in 2008, in 1998, in 1988, in 1970. So the characterization Mm. of Captain America varies drastically over time. And one of the things that I pointed out in, in my part of the blog was even the character as we perceive him in 2018, 17, 16, we write about him as this man with 1940s values, but he doesn't have 1940s values. He has a television idealized version of 1940s values that he was not written as in 1940. I remember um, a couple of years ago, there was a, a storyline. What if Captain America was a Nazi? It became a big, mm-hmm. a, a big, Cap- yeah. a, a big story. He was taken over by the Red Skull. It pissed a lot of people off because Captain America has never been about this. You are and people were upset. You are trampling on the dreams of of Kirby and Simon. And not really, because Captain America in the original 1940s comics was an asshole. He was a horrible. I mean, by modern sense, he actually wasn't. He was he was very much a boots on the ground, hard boiled soldier in a 1940s vibe who wasn't necessarily the nicest person to women or children or minorities. Or, well, like women don't really exist right. in those comics yeah. except for like maybe one. Yeah. From the Red Skull at some point. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he gets a girlfriend eventually. He gets a girlfriend yeah. who becomes golden, golden something. Yeah. I can't remember. Golden, golden girl, girl I yeah. think is her name. She's Bucky for a while. Yeah, but yeah. Bucky for a while. But yeah, she, he, he does... They are around, but even Bucky, like when Bucky discovers his secret, Bucky basically walks on, in on Cap changing because Cap's an idiot and doesn't yep. know how doors work or locks. They were in yeah, a tent. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. But, but, but yeah, but he's just randomly changing and Bucky is like, oh my God, Steve Rogers is Captain America. So yeah. Cap threatens to beat him. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what happens. It's a, there's this 13 year old boy who is not his child, who is hanging out on a military base for reasons that are unexplained. But, you know, they just have decided that he is. So he's like, oh, well, I'm going to tan your hide, Sonny. Well, and, 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 and Bucky yeah. says, no, just make me your partner. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, fine, let's go oh, fight Nazis. I love the covers of him. Like they're parachuting in, but Bucky's got like the yeah. machine gun. Like, <laughs> yep. like, oh, wow. Robin seems yeah. really safe yeah. and tame. by well, comparison. Like Bucky was very definitely created as a reaction to the success of, of Robin. I mean, and yeah. pretty much everybody had a kid sidekick at some point in the 40s. So. Right. He's Robin that kills yes. indiscriminately. Like, yeah. <laughs> just. like people blown up and everything. I was fascinated when they brought him back. Oh, spoilers for anyone listening. But when they brought him back, the sense that they, when they retconned it, and Bucky was actually older, but like this badass that was the advanced scout and was like yeah. strangling <laughs> people so Cap could come in the front door. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of made him a, a secret operative. You know, he, here's this 13 year old boy that we've trained to be a secret killer. Yeah, like, and also, like, there's that whole entire history before Bucky was actually brought back as the Winter Soldier by Ed Brubaker in the 2000s. Like, historically, like, you'll see in the comics every once in a while, they would bring back, like, a mm-hmm. robot Bucky yeah. and then Steve cry for a bunch <laughs> of issues where he's like, oh, my partner. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's a robot by the Red Skull. And he's like, curses again. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve spent a lot of time in the 60s crying. <laughs> a lot of time just in the 60s, 70s, Bucky. 80s, 90s. Here's for Bucky. Bucky. Several years, America. It was like the, the thing that Bucky was one of those that said, oh, we will never bring back Bucky. 
Bucky's yeah. dead. Yeah, there was him, Jason Todd, and yeah, Uncle Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two out of three guys. Uncle Ben has <laughs> to return all the time in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and and that, that whole thing, you know, him and Nabby, you and I have talked about this at length. You know, the, the whole cap mourning for, for Bucky in the 60s, I think it was a mix of you know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and so many of the men of that generation had been in the war. So I do think it was them just psychologically dealing with their own losses, the things they experienced during the war through Cap, but also this is the time of Vietnam. And just there was sort of this cultural mourning of what the hell are we doing there kind of thing where you know, our young men are dying. And you, it's, it's the first time we saw that. We saw the body bags on TV. So I think some of Cap's crying over Bucky in the 60s was tying into all of that stuff. Yeah, I know. I generally do buy that. And that's why I like the representations of like American nostalgia versus American reality or perceptions of our own history that mm-hmm. is like enshrined onto the bodies of Captain America, mm-hmm. which is why I like get into fights with people <laughs> <laughs> who like... Oh. want to fight me about Ed Brubaker's run on <laughs> Winter Soldier, not naming names, but it's happened. I, and like, I know one of those people. Whole, <laughs> and one of the reasons why I really like that story is because, like, granted, I think some of the best things that are done with Captain America yeah. is as a storyline is when you have to deal with him as a symbol, because like mm-hmm. everything about him is not subtle as a symbol. Like that's why he was explicitly made to like deal with it. And the thing about Winter Soldier is like, Bucky was literally put on ice and his memories all jacked up from the Cold War and it's all in shatters. His body is physically broken and he's a violent representation of like when you see him in the Captain America, when he takes over the mantle, he's like kind of a violent representation of that with a gun versus Cap shield. And so like Cap in a lot of ways is this. 1940s nostalgia or history that we like to believe in this idealism mm-hmm. like this is the idea of America because Steve always does the right thing when he's pushed Steve does the things that we believe best that we are as Americans Steve is that yeah. narrative about like who we were in World War II the, mm-hmm. the idealized the real, version yeah the idealized mm-hmm. version Bucky's kind of the horrible but, part of us that we don't like to think about and it's actually kind of also true Bucky and, is the America that dropped two nuclear bombs <laughs> yeah like Bucky's the one Bucky's our Cold War representation Bucky's the one we don't like thinking about Bucky's the one that we actually have a messed up memory about just like he does because we didn't bother in our AP history class mm-hmm. to really go over where because there's not an easy enemy to talk about Bucky's the PTSD soldier of, of every yeah. era oh yeah absolutely well Bucky also had that really cool thing about um i was thinking when bucky was brought back there was also this sense of we were in dealing with iraq i mean we're still dealing with iraq so that's yeah. that's a very question yeah. but there's a i think there's a shift in how we perceive soldiers as characters mm-hmm. in post 9-11 captain america killed a terrorist and it was like mm-hmm. oh, can he do that well historically <laughs> he, he did a lot worse than that right yeah if he was yeah. a soldier in world war ii absolutely I just pulled up um, the Comic Vine, which is a, a resource that I use mm-hmm. to look up old comics. So the original Captain America um, comics in various versions of the names uh, went 74 issues. Yeah. And he's killing people on the cover of a lot of <laughs> there's a there is a lot yeah. of Cap just, you know, uh, Cap uses guns sometimes. Yeah. Shooting, shooting Nazis. Shoot, yeah, the idea that Cap never used a yeah. gun. That's a later. Yeah. yeah, that's a later edition of Stan Lee and and Marvel writers post return. Yeah, sort of rewriting him back as again the the Captain America that emerges in the sixties is a time when 
it's only, you know, it's only 20 years after, after we dropped two nuclear bombs on the country, people remember it and they're still trying to come to terms with it. Fiction has an active move to try and turn what was World War II into the greatest generation mm-hmm. of everyone is a hero. We are morally right. We are building the narrative that we still use today of America. We are the leaders of the free world. We are, you know, we need to build up heroic goodness and cap very much becomes that symbol for, okay. you know, for several, for several decades, minus a few. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, we, we, we talked about this again on the blog, both Abby and I mentioned it. Some of my favorite cap stories are the ones that problematize that narrative yeah. um, truth. Uh, what else did we mention? We well, the stuff in the the fifties yeah. is fascinating when they try and bring Cap back and then create this whole retcon of America saying, "Well, we can't not have a Captain America. Let's get somebody who turns out to be a crazy commie smasher." Yes, because <laughs> that's what those comics were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nineteen fifty three, fifty four. So yeah, the Red Scare mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Of course, he's no yeah. longer fighting Nazis. He's fighting the commies. Well, it's one of the interesting tensions about him. It's like. I think of his villains. While Nazis are always a good <laughs> bet for evil, some of that others they do get more complicated later on. Some of you're like, "Ooh, I like the ones that like Cap has the moral dilemma of, am I supporting America the ideal or America mm-hmm. the government?" And that's why a lot of times you see like like there's certain tropes that happen with certain characters in Marvel comics that like they replay over and will you know play over like Iron Man like needs to find a power socket to like plug in his heart because he's like oh god and Steve is like oh is this the America that I know where he's he's pinned between the establishment and this belief of laws and justice and what he think America is and then like the reality of it and then like there's plenty of times there's been multiple times where he's actually taken off his he's mm-hmm. donned a new costume because he can't handle it and mm-hmm. like he has like I have to go find myself and this like the writers pleading America we have to go find ourselves again like it usually happens he had one of the worst yeah. costumes ever well, it's 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 easy writer, you know. They they yes, they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they called the what Peter Fonda's character an easy writer, Captain America, and you know, it, and and it's that it's that mm-hmm. you know, hey, let's let's be Jack Kerouac, get on the road and go find America and ourselves. Well, when Cap did that and he announced so, being Cap, and, yes, and, and yes. that's part of the American. And he became well. nomad. Oh my god, the, so bad. That? The worst costume. He yeah. had the cape. He had the the V <laughs> opening that went down to like his belly button, bare chested, and you're like. And the the, the domino yep. mask that seventies yeah. disco cap. Well, it was kind of a relief when he was in the the U.S. agent costume. One of my favorite things is Nomad is when he like goes into an Captain. actual movie theater and there's like Captain America reels playing and he has to like tear down the screen because <laughs> he like can't emotionally handle it and it's like oh seventies yeah. America because that was like post him. <laughs> Dealing with Watergate with unnamed president. <laughs> and he's like, it was oh, you. Yeah. And like, it was just like a mess yeah. for poor Steve. He's like, everything yeah. I knew. I, I actually like the Watergate, the Secret Empire story. I <laughs> love, I love Steve Eckhart's era. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, being the old guy, I was reading that stuff as it, came, as it came out. And, you know, I was just old enough to have an idea of what, what Watergate was. And those books were shocking to me when I was a kid, and, and particularly the the end. Spoilers: a secret group of <laughs> wealthy, rich industrialists were trying to take over the government. As crazy as that sounds, oh, and it completely predated. Um, like when Superman had that shift in the eighties from being that yeah. sort of sci-fi but still patriotic superhero to the now Lex yeah. Luthor is really a mogul in a very Trump way. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Leslie Luther went from being mad scientist to being wealthy industrialist. So, 
But, but yeah, and, and you know, spoilers, the, the leader of the secret empire was the president of the United States, and, and Ingart is the writer is on record as saying he meant for that right. to be Richard It wasn't Nixon. subtle. Steve. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> no, no, it wasn't they subtle kept him on him, but it was like, not He takes subtle. it off, and, and then he's just in shadows the entire yeah. time, because yeah. I, it, was a, it was a step too far to actually show. I think also it plays with that time thing. Like, a lot of times, rarely in comics do they explicitly name a name. Like, I remember yeah. in one of my favorite red zone that's an avengers comic they don't mention the president's name mm-hmm. if you read the uh mm. coats uh captain america comic that mm-hmm. came out yesterday don't mention president they just say new guy mm-hmm. like i they very rarely in comics mm-hmm. because there's is that time thing you're mm-hmm. like who is the president right now is this reality is this an alternate reality we don't want to go there and there are sometimes like, obama has appeared yeah. several times no, that's in, yeah or yeah. sometimes they're like very explicit about yeah. it which was like obama and spider-man DC mm-hmm. had Reagan in a few things. Yeah. Um, like in the Frank Miller Batman Returns, Reagan mm-hmm. was there looking super, super old and withered. And it was. Well, Frank no. Miller's not really known for being subtle, but it's. No. It, it's actually interesting. Captain America, in some ways, is veered away from explicitness mm-hmm. to try and like keep that sort of timeless quality. And really, very differently in some other books. So, one of the things that I think is interesting about Cap as a character, and now we can talk about, you know, we mentioned briefly Fighting American. We mentioned, yeah. um, I, I made a joke referencing Super Patriot, which is a savage dragon character by Eric Larson, clearly a yeah. parody satire of Captain yeah. America. Our Archie Comics, The Shield, which predates Captain America. Yes. Yes. Well, even Wonder Woman at first. Yes. yes. And she's explicitly mm-hmm. draped in. But America. I think all the other patriotic, here's why I think yeah. Cap is special the other patriotic characters even superman to an extent yes because um are very specific ideals of what america is cap is a blanket Mm. idea of the america that the writer at the time has decided that he represents superman very much has a you know i am apple pie in the american way going back to not quite his beginning but very, fairly early on in the Superman mythos, in the 40s, he is mom, apple pie, American way after the first couple of years. Oh, yeah. This goes on till today. Wonder Woman is, no, I am the feminist. I mean, a different idea of what feminism means, depending on the writer. But I am yeah. the feminist icon of bringing peace and love to man's world. That's Wonder Woman. Comedian and Watchmen is very much a, no, I am the warmonger America. I am mm-hmm. the dark side of America. That's what he represents. Cap is very much a blank slate of America. And I think where this becomes most obvious mm-hmm. is, and Wayne, you've told this story from you rep- you noticing it directly. When Civil War, the Marvel yeah. comic book event happens, clearly Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis is the uh, author who wrote it. He's clearly trying to make some kind of statement about um, identity politics, tribalism. Yeah. 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 In, yeah. in America, it's not specifically clear which side between the Iron Man side and the Cap side are the Democrats and which side are the Republicans. And I know which side Bendis meant because I've seen him say, but the fans didn't get it. Yeah. And, and that that's what was fascinating to, to me as you know, fairly liberal it, you know, in that story are mm-hmm. Iron Man as military industrial complex you know they they built a prison mm-hmm. they they passed the the registration superhero registration act which was the patriot act 
They, they are rounding up Get people out. who don't register. They are, they built mm-hmm. an otherworldly prison to keep them in, which was, you know, Abu Ghraib and, and any of those places. And, you know, like to, to me, that was kind of clear. And Cap was rebelling against that. And, and to me, there seemed to be this clear distinction of who Iron Man is everything that, that Bush is doing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Cap is the reaction to that. And one of our customers who is, by far more right wing than I am, saw Iron Man as representative of liberal yes. government who was interfering with individual rights and Cap as the good conservative who was. Oh, and himself. it's not rare. I've actually done research on it. That wasn't just your experience. That was common across comic shops in America. Yeah, at first it stunned me, but then I thought about it. I was like, you know, that, that's aside from being stunned, I'm now fascinated by it of how everybody wants to identify with Cap. Whatever your politics are, whatever your belief is, Cap is the American dream and I'm yeah. that guy. During Civil War, my favorite conflict was actually Captain America teaming up with Punisher and having that oh, weird God. tension of like, yes, we're both patriots, <laughs> but I'm going to shoot everybody. And Cap saying, no, that's not how we're going to do this. However, I'm going to put you to work because I need to. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and like, I, I could, in some weird way, I can see how the Punisher respects Cap. Oh, absolutely. His own twisted patriotism. The other way around. And that's pretty consistent yes, with Punisher. Yes. Like Nuke. Luke, Nuke yeah. has that same well, thing where they're like, uh, I kind of respect Cap, but like, aren't we both American Caps? Like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's one of the problems I've always had with the, the Punisher in the Marvel Universe. Is in my Marvel Universe, Cap's not going to bed tonight until that man's in prison. There would be no team ups. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how dare you? Yeah. Oh, it, everybody kind of turns their head. It, Every few yeah. years, there's a search to try and all the superheroes say, we're going to capture the Punisher this time. Oh, how did he go? Get away. Here's the thing about the Civil War breakdown of things. Like, I don't think Tony's unsympathetic in no. it, like in a lot of ways. And that's why it always surprises no. me that people would all want to identify with Cap because like I find mm-hmm. Tony very sympathetic and it's sad and it's mm-hmm. tragic. And you're like, I see where you're coming from. And like, I will defend Tony in a lot of ways when I shouldn't. But It gets to a sense of, I think, radical individualism yeah. that is built into Cap. And also, as comic fans, I think we're predisposed to say, of course, someone should be able to put on a mask and oh, yeah. beat people right. up. Right. Versus <laughs> I would never kind of made sense in a more literal sense of I would prefer people have superpowers. We should probably be on that mm-hmm. a yeah, little bit. But it's just really funny to me, too, because like historically, when people I mean, we're bringing up what people this blank slate idea, and that has always existed with him in a lot of ways, because uh, in the 1960s and 70s, as particularly in the 70s, you can read the readers comments during Vietnam and people are telling them he needs to be in the war. He needs to stay in. The, he needs to stay out of the war. People are fighting in mm-hmm. the letters column with each other and not about anything that's happening in the storyline. Right, because they yeah. mostly ignore they, Yeah, they mostly ignore <laughs> yeah, it because yeah. they want something, because they want him to represent something or some kind of comment about America. Mm-hmm. But even so, like, when I'm reading the comics, like, Steve is going above and beyond to be, like, where we are socially, like, not even, like, like in the 1980s, when, like, the Reagan is literally, like, LOLing it gay people dying and being like, that's not really a problem. Go like not be gay. <laughs> so people are like, we're literally on the steps dying outside of the CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, literally they have the Arnie Roth issue where like Steve's best friend okay. growing up was this gay person. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. like is a positive character yes. and Steve embraces him and loves him. Particularly under Mark Grunewald, um, who I mentioned. Yeah. <clears throat> I mentioned in one of the in, in the blog was is one of my all time favorite writers in his attempt to revitalize Captain America. Gru wrote uh, wrote the character for 10 years. It's an astounding run on a yeah. on a on a big two comic book. And under Gru, Cap is 
quite possibly the most woke superhero that ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's just, exactly it's so. just yes. constant, yeah, constant social liberalism. So just to return to Civil War, Wayne, you were saying you find it fascinating. I find it fascinating because, and you and I have discussed this, had I written Civil War, Cap and Iron Man would have been on the exact opposite sides. I think they just messed it up. Um, my my understanding of those characters, Cap would have been the conservative one, and and Tony would have been the liberal one. Just the way that I that I tend to think of it. I don't think it matters though, because no. I think that now ultimately I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm not necessarily wanting to identify with Cap, but I'm doing the same basic thing of sort of mapping my headcanon mm -hmm. onto it. And my yeah, headcanon is just not dependent on my own personal politics. And I think Marvel was kind of banking on that in the sense that the aftermath of that, oh, spoilers, Cap gets shot, but then <laughs> Iron yeah. Man gets into this flag painted armor for a time as the Iron Patriot or some other people do as well. That character gets well, it was Marvel, around. Wasn't it? No, he... Uh, I no, he uh, is. Tony does it too. When he's a uh, captain of Shield, not captain, but like director of Shield, and also oh, yeah. is like haunted by Steve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like really yeah. like, too much. I love that series. There are some yeah. bizarre things that happen after my the shortly after the the death of Captain America, they had the specials, yeah. and Iron Man is there talking to Cap's corpse. Basically, being like casualties of yeah, war, man. So, so good. I can't believe it came. I told here. you they were nerds. Oh yeah, the, it. But the juxtaposition <laughs> continues to be something. I think the movies have made it even more prominent in the stories, and I'm interested to see how they're mm -hmm. going to try and resolve some mm -hmm. of that. Because it, in a sense, they start to imply, well, if the next Avengers kills off one, if not both, does that leave yeah. us mm -hmm. like with an answer for what? Lisa Studio sees as Civil War's winner. Yeah, I'm curious what they're going to do. I mean, we don't have to go into the movie universe <laughs> too much because that's like a whole other conversation. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I still do feel like those movies are overwhelmingly positive. Oh, yeah. um, they're going to be retired in some ways. I don't know if they're all going to die, but we may get one yeah. death. I don't think they're going to kill all of them, but right. I think we're going to get like some retired. Oh, we're yes. not going to see you. You mm -hmm. get to live Some people off. are going to go off and do some other <laughs> stuff country. and we're going to be happy for them. But, but the question yeah. with Captain America, they're going, they're going, they're going to arrange <laughs> with Captain America because yeah. fairly recently we've had Bucky be no, but like really Captain America, but we've also had Sam Wilson, the Falcon become Captain America. And yes. both yes. of those are cool directions to take the character when Chris Evans says, mm -hmm. I'm moving on. And I, because the yeah. Sam Wilson, that was especially woke and talking about race in a way that no other mainstream mm -hmm. comic book was willing to like go out there and oh, yeah. there are some real problems with it. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I hated it from day one, from the announcement. I am the one black guy in America who was like, no. And I wrote about it. People got so mad. at. <laughs> I actually did a paper for any MLA about why it was a bad idea. And um, it, it was everything that I hate about American comics today, which was it did what I call mm. identity commodification. I am OK with the idea that Captain America is a concept. I am OK with the idea that anybody can be in the suit. There can be a captain, a black Captain America. My problem was that I didn't want black Captain America to be Sam Wilson because and this is this is a greatly shortening both my blog and my much longer 15, 15 minute paper from from MLA. But my feeling is Sam Wilson was my favorite comic book character back in 1976. 
Sam Wil- Sam Wilson has a 40, almost 50 year comic book history. And what's amazing mm-hmm. about the 1970 when in the 1970s, Captain America's comic book is retitled Captain America and the Falcon. Okay. Yep. And Sam makes a very specific point on several occasions to say, I am not Bucky. I am not your sidekick. I am mm-hmm. your partner. This is who I am. I'm going to do this with or without you. We are equals. And Cap treats him as such. And when uh, when we fast forward to, I want to say, 2015, 14 for um, I think it's for, yeah, for for the decision to turn Sam Wilson into Captain America as a promotion that bugged me because that meant in the mindset of Nick Spencer, who, by the way, was trying to do a very positive thing. But essentially, my reading on that is. In saying that he has been promoted to Captain America, you have essentially shit on 45 years of history of my favorite character saying that he spent the last several decades biding his time waiting for the white guy to retire so that he could take over. And the idea was there has to be a Captain America. So why can't it be a black guy? But apparently there doesn't have to be a Falcon. Fuck you. That was my problem. (laughs) And it could have been okay. Except that the story also just kind of sucked. And so that's why I I hate Sam as Captain America. I don't hate the idea of a black Captain America. I just don't like Sam being him. It's like such a nerd complaint. (laughs) 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 You ruined my childhood complaint. And I get it. And that's totally valid and fair, which we talked about in our other ones. But like, it also totally is cracking me up. It's not even even my childhood thing, though. I just don't like, I don't like to be a character in favor of another one. Yeah, I, and I, I agreed with that when I, I had the same reaction to it for for many of the same reasons. It's like, OK, so Falcon's identity doesn't matter. Now he's mm-hmm. taken on the role of the white guy. And to I, me, to me, that diminished Sam. So you're right, though. It's a fanboy reaction. I actually didn't know much about Sam. So I, I didn't know much about Sam at all. So hearing mm-hmm. he was taking over. OK. And, and why I like the stuff that he was doing with Black Lives Ladder is the mm-hmm. Avenger stuff. I thought I, the better part was when they brought back. For those of you who were reading, weren't reading along, Cap's serum wore off and suddenly he aged a lot. And so he passed on the shield mm-hmm. and said, you need to be Captain America. And then through a truly magical experience, he got young again and they tried to do it. And they had two series going on, Steve Rogers, Captain America and Sam Wilson, Captain America. And the mm-hmm. juxtaposition was always very strange. Yes. And I just I, I don't know why it's important to be Captain America. That was my problem. Okay, Yeah. But that said, I like the idea of other people trying to be Captain America, just not Sam. It, it was literally yeah. just um, well, what I wanted them. If they'd done something where they invented a brand new character out of whole cloth who was black or Hispanic or Chinese to be Captain America, transgender Chinese female Captain America, I'm all about like that. That's great to me. But my problem was that it was very clearly a marketing push. They did it during. Um, in fact, my, one of my complaints was they announced that Sam Wilson was going to be Captain America on the Colbert Report, Stephen Colbert's old television show, because it had a big audience, a big non-comic book reading audience. They yeah. announced it on there. They announced it 24 hours or or more like 18 hours after they had announced on the view that there was going to be a female Thor. They chose these things to market to a very specific audience. If you're female and reading and watching the view, you should buy our comic book. Yay, women. And, you know, if you're liberal and watching the Colbert report, you should buy our comic book. Yay, black people. That Mm -hmm. was the decision they made clearly 
to sell the idea of diversity. It was during the, I think they call it Marvel yeah. now or something with like yes. their, with their marketing push. And they made both of those decisions on two nationwide television shows less than a week before the start of San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest mm -hmm. gathering of actual comic book fans on the planet. They didn't give a shit about the comic book fans. They gave a shit about trying to sell the idea of diversity. And that I found offensive. It squandered any goodwill you had by trying to create an effort. Their new version yes. of Miss America that is America Chavez. Um, well, mm -hmm. amazing, very cool character that has some awesome stuff going on. When it was deployed and the character was promoted, the book was like, look at us. Look how diverse we are. And that has been a problem. She's a lesbian brown person <laughs> yeah. with a lesbian brown person with two female moms. Here, here's my here's my bit where I'm going to jump in on the fanboy thing and like talking about this because we live in a capitalist society. We cannot escape that. They have mm -hmm. to market their book to get out because the money that Marvel makes mm -hmm. is not through the books. It is through. through the films. Mm -hmm. It's not even filled the films. It's marketing. from marketing, mm -hmm. licensing, merchandise. That yeah. is where they make their money off of printing and selling mm -hmm. it. So you can sell it to Fox. You make money. You can sell it to Cartoon Network. Get your cartoons. You sell, sell them. Toys, T-shirts. Absolutely. And that's fine. But also like the Colbert reports, Captain America, the death yeah. of Captain America. They did a whole mm -hmm. episode. So it's not like that was unfounded. And it was just before like Colbert is a Captain America fan. They've done Absol stuff with oh, it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with him liking it. I also don't think it's a bad thing if you say, hey, because like I used to have this thing before I realized like this was just a lot of internalized mm -hmm. misogyny on my part where they would be like comics for girls. And like that would get people in the comics. I was like, I didn't need that shit to get in comics. Mm -hmm. I had to like break my teeth and stuff. And like now that I'm at a place where I'm like kind of deconstructing a lot of that, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yes, that probably somebody offered somebody into comics the Nobody's way that anime did for me. I Somebody I, I got hope. in. Yeah. Somebody got mm -hmm. in because of that. Either because they right. were watching something mm -hmm. on TV. Maybe they got across. You can't know. My problem with it, though, was because of exactly what you said. Because the idea of Cap Captain America is not Steve Rogers or or Sam Wilson. Captain America is Chris Evans. That is the most important thing. He's got to return to being Chris Evans before the next movie comes out, which is exactly what happened. Because you need to be able to sell more movie tickets. And so the idea is it was implicitly temporary and I knew it couldn't end well for the character. So they had to somehow in, undo it in order to bring it back to in order to bring it back to Sam. It, they yeah. actually did better than I thought they would. But and I, I did not like that in story. Weird stuff happens Absolutely. to comic book characters and they always turn back. That's like the yeah. history of comic sure. books. They're, they're soap yeah. operas. Sure. We need to be able to tune in yeah. every yeah. Wednesday yeah. and know yeah. what's happening yeah. on Days of Our and Lives. I'm all, for that if, I'm all for that if you create a new character. Stan, Stan Lee's idea of the illusion of change. Yeah, they, they created the new Falcon <laughs> as yeah. well, yeah. but he was, yeah. I think, Latino and it was like the conservation mm -hmm. of my Minority prince. It was, it was done sloppily in a way that didn't feel like it was. Yeah, really, yeah. However, yeah. I it was give credit. an attempt mm -hmm. to use Captain America tell a different story in a way that I don't know that I would have bought Steve Rogers mm -hmm. looking over and saying, "Wow, you know what? Black Lives Matter." That there is a sense of like extreme white privilege problematicness um, that I really makes the character an idiot. Um, based on what he's talking about. But at the same time, one of the great things yes. that happened with Civil War mm -hmm. was the X-Men saying, so now you're all concerned about this issue? Yeah. Um, that's where when they were coming to us, <laughs> yeah, that was you're like, good. Oh, that was yeah, hang out with the X-Men, yeah. that's cool. 
No, that was not cool, Cap. Thanks. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. That was one of the best bits. Yeah. Well, and I think this goes back to our idea of like Captain America is a template for which you can tell stories about where American nationalism is right now. For all the social good they were doing there, it would not have bothered me at all if they had turned the mantle of Cap over to some other random black character that improved the number of black characters available by one instead of keeping it at exactly the status quo, just changing Sam's identity. That was my problem with it. So let's talk about... Yeah, let's, say, let, let, let's let's talk about the, the black cap america that they did do a story of the right, they did. Tr- which truth, was truth red white and groundbreakingly yeah. so, okay. Okay, so really talk about, that. about this book um <laughs> go ahead Kate. initially i thought of kyle baker's art as something that is very cartoony i thought this is a really heavy book um but it actually balanced it out in the way that marvel didn't throw mm-hmm. it away worked it into continuity that at one point they the American government or whoever was in charge of super soldier mm-hmm. program yes. decided to kind of pull a Tuskegee syphilis study example and tested this soldier serum on black mm-hmm. men and it didn't go well for a lot of them. So as a background, it's a very weird story because for the first two issues, it was going to be non-canon. It was just an alternate reality. And then it was doing well. So they just sort of retroactively in the middle of the storyline decided, hey, this is going to be two issues longer than we said it was going to be. And it's going to be part of the main Marvel Universe. So it became weird. But the storyline being, hey... Um, if we've got this really dangerous drug that might make people superheroes or it might kill them, we don't want to test it on white guys. So let's get a bunch of black guys and test it on them. And then once we perfect it, we will give it, give it to the white guy. Yeah. That is, we were talking about the dark side of what America was during World War II. That's the kind of stuff that happened at Tuskegee. Yeah. So a, what, Isaiah Bradley. Um, Isaiah Bradley becomes the first because of the timeline and them trying to decide while they were writing it, when it happened, it's unclear in the story, whether or not Steve Rogers came first or Isaiah came first. The story writes it as though sort of Steve was given the soldier serum and they were trying to recreate it. Yeah. But Marvel continuity since then has placed Isaiah clearly before Steve. Historically, it would make more sense that he was before Steve, but like in comic history, like Wolverine was trying to recreate that. There's a couple other people that try to recreate it, but like my canon as a fan, I was like, it would make more sense that he was part of the pre-testing during Mm -hmm. the 1930s, which is when the Tuskegee would have started. Some of the best moments of that is when Steve goes to actually see Isaiah and he's become bound to a wheelchair and has Mm -hmm. sort of a, childlike regression and is not mm-hmm. able to communicate yeah. fully but the they basically gave him alzheimer's or dementia yeah. in yeah. the case of doing it yeah it was interesting that to put steve in a sort of at least a somewhat of an accountability in terms of like hey steve you really mm-hmm. lucked out like not congratulations you were blonde-haired yeah. blue-eyed mm-hmm. white guy yeah and you got superpowers like the juxtaposition was really strong mm-hmm. in getting right. Steve to kind of look at the world around him. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a really strong story. The story is told such that you're seeing the flashback to the 40s as the main story. And then every once in a while, there's Isaiah's wife in modern day telling the story to modern day Steve. And that's some of the best stuff. Just those few pages of him reacting, going, holy shit, you know, how could this have possibly gone on because he's mm. so 
it's a story of privilege, but it's not even just privilege. It's delusion. He believes in such this sanctified idea of America that he represents that he has no understanding that there can be a dark side. And it's about him opening his eyes to it. It's a story about discovering the horrors that America sometimes perpetrates. And not only that, but like listening to it Mm -hmm. and actually having to sit down and Mm -hmm. kind of face that. Yeah. And I think another interesting thing is like Isaiah, they incorporated into canon his grandson, yes, who uh, is patriot um, in the Young Avengers. What's his name? Um, um, it's mm-hmm. also his name oh, is always, Elijah Bradley. Yeah. Elijah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, they eventually Elijah, yeah, ruin his character. Yeah, he was the last mention of him was yeah. like, yeah, he's been sick in bed for two weeks, but then there's I a know. sort of ghost in the other Young Avengers that looks like him, but is not him, and then more recently. <laughs> They introduced a new patriot that they've created. So, yeah. yeah, Elijah's gone. Yeah. Bummed out about no that. No one knows what's going to Elijah. <laughs> Someone's yeah. going to bring him back, please. Yeah, yeah. that was one bum out. Let's pour one out for Elijah. <laughs> Another person, I think, is Josiah X, which was Isaiah mm-hmm. Faith's son, oh, yeah. um, who was in the the crew with the crew Black Panther, but it was not Black Panther, but yeah. it sort of was. Oh yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. It's it's been interesting that they right. had characters references, particularly back characters, talk about how the legend of the black Captain America was sort of throughout mm-hmm. the African American community in the Marvel universe. And it adds a depth right. to it yeah. that I really loved. Mm-hmm. There in mm-hmm. that in the original series, there's pictures of of Isaiah shaking hands with Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Just sort of he there's a untold story of his celebrity that lasted after the war that cap is completely unaware of yeah and it's not the main focus mm -hmm. that america would know of because he was the poster boy for being white yeah and then there's been story in his later appearances there's been there's been references to the fact that apparently luke cage grew up idolizing isaiah bradley and whereas nobody the the issue that (laughs) black panther and storm got married um, he'd come and it was like mm-hmm. yeah. characters stopped talking to say, oh my, I think it was Luke Cage. It was like, yeah, that's the first me. And it was juxtaposed with Wolverine yeah. being like, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> but the black characters were like, wow, I can't believe he's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and which is, which, you know, speaks to the idea of, I mean, you, yeah. you mentioned the X-Men thing where the, the X-Men are sort of a weird, yeah. generic minority character in in Marvel Comics for whatever social strife is happening right now, be it the civil rights movement, the gay movement, the, mm-hmm. um, and shorthand for whichever yeah, one you want to put right, them as. Right. Um, right. Disguised right. largely as mostly yeah. white characters. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but the X-Men had that same moment of why do you care about you know, why do you care about this issue when it's happening to the majority? You know, wh- why does no one care about the crack epidemic? But, oh, my God, mm-hmm. opioids. You no, know, that's that's white people in the right. suburbs. We've we've got to we've got to worry now. So I, I think that the story of Captain America being the blank template that it is gives you the opportunity to talk about things that happen in America that aren't necessarily part of the American ideal because Steve so the, represents the, the it. American yeah. dream. Since Steve so represents the American dream, looking at the comparison of the characters around him who fail to live up to that. Yeah. I, I'm going to backtrack for a second. Kane, you said something about the, you, when, when cap 
is talking to Isaiah Bradley mm-hmm. and that that tension between the idealism that he represents and the the, the real history that as, as you're represented by Isaiah and that you and Abby yes. you and I have talked about this that idea of there's patriotism and then there's nationalism yeah. and one of them blinds you to things I uh, well, they both yeah. blind you to things I guess but but I, I you know I, I I think that's an idea we should elaborate on as well is you the character embodies both of those things yeah. in many many ways and a lot of people conflate <laughs> nationalism and patriotism and they're really not the yeah. same thing um, and like I think also there's a conflation because Steve is a World War II hero and so much of World War II and World War One were born out of nationalism mm-hmm. and it was so yeah. prevalent and so unquestioned although a little bit after World War One, there was some hesitancy around nationalism but like there was a great rise in power which we can see in every major conflict every single one of them in since the nation yes since then and because of that I feel like and also just from the way that people talk about patriotism and they conflate it with nationalism because there is like if you look at Nuke as a character I mean he paints the flag on himself in a superficial way like he is in his idea because he paints himself it's the same people that pose with a gun and wear the like an American flag bikini (laughs) and they're like I'm so American and then you're like when was the last time you read civil disobedience and they're like what (laughs) and they're like what was that about and you're like, do you know about Mexican-American War? Do you know about what that was? Do you even know what time frame that was? And it's like, oh, that's the same shit we still fight about. Surprise. It hasn't yeah. ever gone away. Yeah. Like the fact that like we had it all figured out in the past or like if you just present yourself away because nationalism is this toxic, horrible bullshit ideology that like if your culture is one specific little checklist of things you'll have it all figured out and you can all agree on it and we can be the super best and it's like no no really not um because you'll all just eat each other fucking alive that's that's what nationalism proves whereas like patriotism with steve and why i like him and why people a lot of times is it's the love for your country it's the the realization of being like okay I was born in this fucking place where I came to this place and it's like, I'm going to make the best of it that I can. Or there's a lot of stuff that I do like among all the horse shit that is there. It's, it's that idealism. Like, you know, I haven't grown up here, you know, being American citizens, we all are mm-hmm. given you know, through cap and various other things, that idea of what the American dream is and that American exceptionalism, we are better than, than everything else. And somewhere in, in the middle of all that, there is sort of that striving to be good. You know, like we're all given that that dream of of equality and and fair play and and all of that stuff, and 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 we maintain that as a a myth we attempt to live by or identify with. Yes, as Americans. But then, if you spend you know oh thirty seconds listening to the news or other people <laughs> talk, you realize you know that, that it's really not that way. And that that tension, I think, is is there with all of us who you know, we want to be proud of where we're from. We want it to be the best. We want it to be these things that we've been told about since 1776. Dewitt and Lawrence wrote uh, Captain America and the Crusade Against Evil, which is part of their larger mm-hmm. project oh, yeah. on the monomyth and superheroes. But it, it really gets mm-hmm. into this tension mm-hmm. of like religious evildoers, Manichaean duality. And in order to be America, yeah. everyone else must be something yeah. else. And it's the tension the of guy. Right. And they, they make a really interesting combina- uh, comparison to the concept of jihad. And how these symbols, obsession with victory, starts to get misused. So that's, in a sense, Captain America is one of those characters mm-hmm. that might seem to be worshiping the flag, but is in fact, I think, often mm-hmm. asking yes. us to question 
Like it on its face, the costume is ridiculous. I, I don't think it's one of the, the, the stronger superhero <laughs> costumes. It's beautiful. No, shut up. It's gorgeous. I would say I appreciate that there have been some revisitations and that made some uh, okay, so I remember Heroes Reborn in like the nineties and yeah. for short version, Captain America and all the like Avengers heroes, not the X-Men, went to a different planet. And they yes, changed yes, yes. for no reason. Yes, and it was like oh, that is so, that's crazy. At the same time, his the, the body proportions for Captain America were also radically off. And it was like, ooh, he, he's inhuman. But that, I'm sorry, I'm digressing, but the idea yes. of how do we reconcile this tension of nationalism with there's a sort of nationalism? I think if it's having almost a pessimistic quality, but patronism has more of a really optimistic quality to it. That's empowering. I see in yeah. Captain America that is in superheroes. There's a hopefulness that's represented. And like, I think mm-hmm. with Steve's character is even though he is the type of character that is a nostalgic body, he doesn't ever end up going back or if he does, he always comes back to the present. Mm-hmm. He doesn't long for that. He doesn't blame other people mm-hmm. for how today's culture is. I mean, like there was an issue in the seventies where he's like, it's not him to be with, <laughs> with the establishment or whatever, <laughs> but he doesn't blame other people. He's just constantly trying to figure <laughs> out like, okay, so how, how where are we now? And like, oh, how no. do I make things good? And how do I fight injustice where I see them? Oh, yeah. And like, I think that is such a worthy, good goal. <laughs> and like, and, like I, I think that's why you can mm-hmm. still, yeah. even when he's draped, because he's not a. Because like, I feel like a lot of times when you see somebody, mm-hmm. it's it's the lady doth protest too much problem, where somebody is just draped in the flag and they don't do anything about it. Like, we thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> but like he legitimately, like mm-hmm. even though he should be superficially maybe that character, he does genuinely do good things. He doesn't. He tries to fight injustice where he sees them, and he believes in like you know. If you are American, no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, and like Steve explicitly tells Nuke in one issue, like, I am the son of immigrants. Like, he wants everyone to just be as hyped up on America as he is. He wants to bring that to you <laughs> and he wants to like make it better. And like, and not only, and I do think when Steve yeah. has brought problems, he does try to atone for it and he tries to learn from it. And like, mm-hmm. that's why like everyone get on my level. Yeah. <laughs> That is such a fangirl like, reaction. He's so good and so pure and such a good ally, and everyone needs to like get on his level. Oh, like, I, God. I would love to have a Steve in my life. Everybody, everybody needs a Steve in their life. Steve in their life. Yeah. <laughs> like you're talking about something like me. You don't <laughs> Can't say you're wrong. Uh, well, so we we're talking about the ways in which the character can be used for different things. And we talked about the way he he addressed the race crisis and he's addressed nationalism and socialism. But one of the things I I know Kate and I both want to talk about was one of my favorite storylines, which is actually not necessarily good in a way, but there is a towards the end of Grinwald's run. No, talk about Cap Wolf. No, not yet. (laughs) We can't. Yeah. Oh, we will get to Catwalk. We 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 will get to Catwalk. But no, but no, no. The the Cap drug storyline, which is, and there is a storyline which it's it's. I mean, it's not good. It's not Gru's best work. But I I appreciate what he was trying to do. There is a storyline where Cap has a group of sidekicks that that work with him, and one of them, Fabian, Cap discovers is like shooting up drugs on the side. 
And and Cap's like, you can't do that. And you're, you know, there because Cap is being Cap and he's being the Boy Scout. And you, you don't need drugs, son. And, and and Fabian freaks out and he says, you are drugs. Mm-hmm. You don't exist for any reason except for drugs. That's the only reason that you that you you are Captain America. So shut the, so shut up and get out my face. And it affects Cap because he has no response to it because and and, and he says no. Yeah. Well, he says no at first, and Fabian's like, "No, you're basically on super steroids. That's who you are." And Cap's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And he's got nothing. But then it's followed by this bizarre detox storyline where he's like going through massive withdrawal that's making him violent and crazy. And I, I actually don't recall how they. Resolved I it know exactly how they do because, I, because I'm as big a nerd as Abby, even though I'm trying to pretend I'm cool. <laughs> but uh, what happened was for reasons that I'm not going to get into. He's poisoned, and they've got to get all of his blood out. So they suck out the super soldier serum blood and give him clean blood. But without the super soldier serum, he's not a super soldier. He's just a regular guy. So he yeah, loses he's, his. He's Batman. Yeah, he loses his powers such that they are while they're cleaning his blood of the other drugs and he and that's where he goes he has to detox and everything but now he's going to prove that he doesn't need the drugs to be captain america so he goes on and he continues to be cap with this horrible looking 90s armor costume that mm-hmm. is absolutely awful but he goes off and he caps around just to prove to fabian that you too can be a hero all it takes is the american spirit and then Gru sort of writes himself into a corner and he's like i don't know what to do um because now that i've done this thing where you don't need the drugs how do I give it back? So once the blood's clean, they're like, we can re-inject you. And he's like, no, I shall be a hero without it. And so he's just kind of a weaker Captain America for a while, but that's boring. So then they just say, oh, uh, turns out not exactly drugs. Your body now just generates superhero, <laughs> super soldier serum. So it just grows back. <laughs> for him. And he's just he just like after having a while, he, he just becomes buff again because they they weren't going to just not have Captain America being he's altered on the genetic level. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they just, they just undo it and then never speak of it again. (laughs) But but I appreciated the attempt to try during that run from the seventies through the eighties. There's a lot of, that's when the original nomad story happens, which is after the Watergate story, the secret empire story, there's a, what do you do after Watergate, which had broken real life around the same time. If you've lost your respect for the American dream, what do you do? There's the later version of that, which happens during the eighties, during the grim yes. and gritty superhero storyline. And that's the one that I like. The nomad storyline wasn't great. I like what they were trying to do. Gru did his version with the captain versus yeah. Johnny Walker, Captain America, where if, if yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. it's, exa- it's yeah. exactly what it was. The end of the Reagan era and we're getting into this whole nationalism fight. And so the government tells Steve to do some stuff that he doesn't like. And Steve mm-hmm. says, I'm not going to do that. I'm Captain America. And they're like, no, you're Steve Rogers. Captain America is property in the United States <laughs> <laughs> government. You'll do what we fucking tell you. And he says, well, no. And they say, OK, you're not Captain America anymore. Please give us your shield and your costume. And they tell him he's not allowed to yep himself Captain America wear, wear any clothing that is red, white, and blue at the same time. Yep. So they give the costume to this good soldier who's tough and who represents the 
late 80s, early 90s yes. ideal of, of a good soldier named Johnny Walker. Yes, like the Drake. Yes. <laughs> and his partner, Battlestar, who they originally called Bucky until someone wrote into the letter column and told Grew that Bucky was an offensive name for an African-American. So they said, okay, I'll change it. So he just changes it for that reason. And battle starring Captain America are running around while Steve starts hanging out with his good friends, Falcon, Yep. The other Nomad, one of my favorite characters oh, that man, we are yes. not we I are know. not going to get into Nomad so on the show because that's a whole other show. We should that's do a Nomad. Because like some crazy <laughs> shit yeah. goes down. Yeah. No no one's going to listen to that. Uh, well, one person that we never get back yeah. together no. again. Yeah, we, we wish they were coming from the other world and <laughs> The female Bucky, it's it's a lot. So Cap, lady. and he starts he starts hanging out with um Nomad, Vagabond, D Man, yes. and Falcon. And they're like, Steve, you've got to stop sitting on your ass. If they say you can't be Captain America, do something else. So he becomes a superhero of his own, the captain, because Steve mm. has no imagination whatsoever. But it's a red, white, and black costume. And it was much better. And it's, Yes, it, it is better than Nomad. Oh, yeah. costume. It's a great costume. I actually love the costume. There's but. also like that hilarious cover where they're facing off <laughs> yeah. against each other. Like some, there's good yeah, stuff. there's a Titans Clash costume. But but that becomes a story about patriotism versus the idea of nationalism. And 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 Gru loved to explore that kind of thing in that run. And of course, because Abby wants to talk about it, and everybody does, it ends it, with Cap Wolf. Cap Wolf? <laughs> Maybe better. Kind of I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> tell us about Cap Wolf. <laughs> Cap Wolf is one of those things, like, so, like, for as much as we like to talk about Captain America being like this blank slate and being representative of America, then some shit happens like Cap Wolf, where they're like, let's do a werewolf story. For as much as DC is obsessed with oh, gorillas, I think Marvel. Like Marvel yeah. Comics has an obsession with werewolves. <laughs> like there's so many werewolves <laughs> comics in Marvel co- continuity. But like, wh- whose pilot was he riding with? I forget. He's with some. Was it like Moon John Gem? Jameson. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. Uh, he's with, with John James. Jameson. He's the son of uh, J. Jonah. Yeah. So that's the pilot. Who was a werewolf? Yeah, exactly. The plane goes down, and like Cap has to find him because he's like, oh no, my pilot buddy. Where could he be? I hope he's not murdering anybody. And then like he gets a fight with Wolf. Wolverine, and then some like someone. It's not like he even like gets bitten by a werewolf. Like some villain comes up yeah. and shoots him up with like Wolfsbane. Were- werewolf juice, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <a> werewolf <laughs> juice, and he gets. But he's so cool and so super <laughs> from the super serum, he can't turn fully into a werewolf. So he has his mind and mental capabilities but just looks like a wolf still in costume <laughs> and like the whole story is like him going on this adventure to like free a bunch of werewolf men and like makes an army with them or something I don't remember that's it was a long time it. ago that I read this <laughs> no but, that's, like, that's pretty much like, it doesn't that happen and then like everyone's okay at the end and he's like wow wasn't that a time speaking of which yeah. Nick Spencer then again referenced oh. it in the Falcon <laughs> run which was awesome because like then because then Falcon's like I'm a werewolf now and it was like this really can't be fun issue because like that stuff is great. Everyone should read Cap Wolf. If you look at it and like look at the like I will never forget the first time like um for my graduation gift from undergraduate Jeff gave me my best gift ever which was like two long boxes of Captain America comics from the 80s and 90s that like no one was going to buy. <laughs> one, 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 one of my favorite memories of you is you dressed in your graduation dress and your high heels. Ooh. 
I carried two lunchboxes by myself down these giant (laughs) steps because, like, I could have fallen and died. Like, those steps are so steep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite memories of you. (laughs) I'm carrying these, but there's like this, and like I remember going through all of them because I had to find the repeats, and I got to see like all the Capwolf issues were there, and I was like, thank Jesus. And if you ever look at those issues and think this is gonna be stupid, you're kind of not wrong, but you're also totally wrong, and they are great, and everyone should read them. I remember the joke that he was a howling commando. Yes. Was, and I, I still recall there was a yes. panel where he is confronted by Wolverine and Wolverine's like, yes, okay, Wolverine. you need to calm down because I'm in every book this month, so you need to leave. And yes. then Cap just like slices him across his eyes in a way that was like, wow, yeah. that was brutal for a Captain America book. And at that point, I think for a lot of us in comics, we're like, yeah, you know, Wolverine deserves that. It's about time somebody did that. <laughs> They fight twice in it because the first time Wolverine kicks his ass and that's when he gets shot up with the werewolf juice. And then like the next time they're like, no, Steve's such a badass. He's going to beat Wolverine's ass. This is what's going to happen because this is the Captain America book. Oh, it is so bad. So good though. But see, this is why you instead you could watch quality programming like like Manimal, which... which, Right, right. I left Manimal last week. There it is. So... So, so once again, we've resolved nothing. No, <laughs> I think everyone is going to love Steve a little bit more after this episode, as they should. <laughs> and if you don't, you don't have a heart, and you need to go read Campbell for something. There is a comic for everyone in a Captain America issue. <laughs> whether you be into werewolves, whether you be into just, you know... That is true. Just crying about people. Bunch of Nazis. <laughs> but he has a lot of those issues. Yeah. Wearing like, bad there's 70s disco costumes. Where he just ignores that he's a guy with a shield and Thanos is all powerful. But it's one of those things that is very American individualist that makes me go, you go, Steve. You can do whatever you want to do. There's a lot of great issues because Steve yeah. can't fly. So he has to ride on Iron Man's back like he's a horse. <laughs> Like those are really a great highlight. Yeah. You should read those. There's something else going on there. <laughs> and that's oh a different yeah, that's, that's really a very different well, podcast. Well, I have been on Tumblr enough to know about I think that. What's what's interesting though is like I, Kane, you were just talking about the fact that you know Captain America versus Thanos. There's also in the first Secret Wars, there's oh, yeah. Captain America is the last person to stand up to Doom with the power of the Beyonder. And it goes back to this idea of what Captain America is. Yes. He is this blank template of American exceptionalism. But what makes him so interesting for a character that I wouldn't otherwise like is he so believes that idea that Cap has in the same way that Batman has no powers except for Batman is just he's super rich and he's crafty. Cap just believes. Yeah. Yeah. Cap is Cap just is he. It's a very Peter Pan ideal. Yes. You know, Cap Cap superpower is he makes all the people around him believe as well. Yeah. Wayne knows one of my favorite Captain America stories. And this is one that I bet you neither of you guys have read. I know Wayne's read it because I made him read it. There is a series of the Avengers baseball games. The Avengers in the West Coast Avengers during the late 80s, early 90s, they each had a comic book. And in the annuals, they would get together and play baseball. And the baseball game would be interrupted by the bad guys. And, you know, there'd be some mm-hmm. adventure. And it would be a two-issue crossover between Avengers Annual and West Coast Avengers Annual. And in one of those, the baseball game is interrupted by the Grandmaster, who forces them to fight in a new contest of champions 
You don't care what that means, but basically, I know what that is. Yeah, but basically, um, the people at home listening yeah. don't care what that means. Way too complicated. But basically, for reasons, they have to go fight these characters who are already dead. They have to fight the Legion of the Unliving with the fate of the universe hanging in the balance, and they do poorly. And there's a series of, of battles and. Uh, eventually all the Avengers lose except for it comes down to two. It comes down to Hawkeye and Captain America. And and as a Hawkeye fan, this is one of my favorite Hawkeye moments. And the other Avengers have been killed and absorbed into the Legion of the Unliving. So Grandmaster says, all right, round five or whatever round it is. So it's the entire Mm -hmm. Legion of the Unliving, which is like 200 people (laughs) versus Cap and Hawkeye. And Cap and Hawkeye. And Cap sits there and he goes, All right, let's make a plan. And Clint is like, <laughs> Are you fucking insane? <laughs> but, but that is but that is that is the Captain America ideal. If you watch the movies, yeah. his his trademark phrase is, I can do this all day. Because he really believes that America yeah. is so special that they will fight for anything. In that first movie, Captain America is the scrawny guy who jumps on the grenade because that's what you're supposed to do. And everybody else is like, fuck that. Get out of the way. In the contest of champions, Cap is sort of like, well, well can, you know, what's the plan? How do we make this play? How are we going to beat 200 guys? And Clint is like, I have two arrows left and you have a shield. This is stupid. Um, so he goes up to the Grandmaster and he says, all right. I got a game for you. Yeah, you're a gamesman. You, you like games. We we know how this is going to go. Here's the game. I've got one arrowhead and I've got two arrows. I'm going to put the arrowhead on this arrow in my right hand. Now I'm going to stick the, and I'm going to hold the other arrow in my left hand and I'm going to stick them behind my back and shuffle them around. And then he says, and he puts both hands out. All right. If you pick the arrow with the, with the arrowhead, you win and you take over the universe. If you pick the one without yeah. the arrowhead, you lose. And, 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 and Grandmaster oh, and I get like intriguing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and, yeah. and Cap goes, and Cap goes, yeah, right. no, we can't do this. We can't risk the risk universal on chance. And, 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 and oh, Clint says, no, we've got a better shot here than the two of us against these. Like, but Cap so believes that he's got a better shot of fighting. Then Clint, and, and, and then so Clint's like, uh, so Cap's like, well, I can't count on Clint. And, he, and there's a thought bubble where he's thinking, hey, OK, well, if nothing else, maybe Clint will keep him distracted enough that I can win this whole thing by myself. <laughs> because right. that's Captain America. And then, of course, Clint. You know, so the Grandmaster picks and there's this little tiny snap next to next to next to he his hand he picks one. the wrong one it's the empty arrowhead yeah. and and grandmaster goes no and he gets banished and everything goes back and cap's like well you got lucky what were you going to do if um if he picked the right one and clint looks at him and says you make your own luck in this universe yeah. and he opens up his hand the arrowhead's still there and cap in all of his <laughs> preciousness says you cheated how could you cheat He's so pure. You cheated. He's so good. <laughs> and clint says the universe was on the line, yeah. Steve. You think I was going to be? An, you think I was going to be an idiot like you and play fair? <laughs> what are you doing? But that's the purity. And, 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 it's, and Clint understood that in this moment, what you they needed was a. He's like, I'm a carny. This is. <laughs> And 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 the, and the fact that Hawkeye got away right. with cheating and out of the universe just makes me un, unbearably happy. Oh, and <laughs> it's this really cool commentary about Americanism yeah. too. It's like Clint as a carny is like, <laughs> no, your way that you you again are living it up as privileged Captain America. Apparently, you forgot yes. what it was like. 
where we have to like survive right. here. We yes. have to survive. Having and, to like, get by. And, but also like that's like Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the reason why Steve's like probably the only other adventure that could pick up Thor's hammer. He yeah. was worthy. Like he's not going to get shit on by yes. Odin yeah. for being a dick yeah. with shit. Like he yeah. could pick it yeah. up at any time. It was yeah, he, yeah. No, he's just yeah, that Hawkeye's pure. Not which is what makes that scene. <laughs> he is that pure. He is that good. Cheated? Yeah, but yeah. Like, that's a really good mm-hmm. yeah moment. Yeah. So that's Captain America to me. <laughs> why I love it. Why I love it. I mean, it's and it's a goofy comic that I, seriously, it's not worth going out and reading it except for those two pages, <laughs> which which is which is right. such an embodiment of what this character is. To look at the movies, which I'm sure is what most people know him from now, there's a bit of that in there, you know, uh, of that character in there. He's just uh, even with Infinity War, with the most recent movie where he's, you know, he's lost everything and he's dark. There's such a purity of, oh, I'm going to fight a god with my bare hands. All right. Well, go USA. This was one of my things that I, not to like get too off track, but this was one of the things that I expected when I had problems watching like the Superman movies. And I was like, I told my friend, I was like, you should feel the same way when Superman appears that you feel when Cap appears. Your your heart just feels with warmth and you're like, everything's going to be okay because he's going to make sure that I feel like everything's okay. Like he will take the time to make sure, one, that I am okay, that he will protect me and he's going to be like, no matter what, we're going to get through this you and me like and he's gonna be waiting there with you the whole time yeah. and i'm like thank goodness and like that's just the type of character he is like yep. you wanna you will feel okay and feel good and everything's like mm-hmm. totally optimistic the second he appears other superheroes you're like i might die still but like maybe things will work out steve will also make sure that you you won't die <laughs> so it's a shame he's gonna die in the next movie is what you're saying yeah. <laughs> it's, i'm gonna i'm gonna be emotionally right. compromised for a while it's gonna be bad <laughs> It's going to be <laughs> Death of Captain America 2.0 for me, where I would like wake up from nightmares and I was like, is Steve alive yet? And he's not. It's rough. So as you were saying, we've accomplished uh, nothing. So <laughs> we've accomplished we've a lot. We've resolved nothing. We've resolved nothing. We, we have. We have. Yes. Um, happy Fourth of July. Happy birthday, Happy Cal. birthday, <laughs> happy birthday America yeah, happy birthday America yes yeah. uh, thank you guys for both coming coming on the well thank you Wayne as well but you're here every week <laughs> thank you for coming back yeah, yeah. no problem James thank you thank you for, yeah. for showing up I hope you can come back some other time yeah thanks guys. I'm always happy to make some valuable thing out of my nerd knowledge <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all hey, here for is there anything for. on the internet you'd like to promote tell it Tell people about Twitter, Facebook, anything. I, I hope to get my book out soon. It's it's about superheroes and performance studies. Oh, so see, there you go. That's something okay. uh, nice. it's not out, so we can't link to it in the show notes. But that's something that you will be back on to talk about, because I'm sure we will have, yeah, yeah, we have nothing we to talk, talk about. about we'll that. be like, yeah, Kate, come on and pimp your book. That's I, I would be happy to completely <laughs> pimp anything I'm working on. <laughs> uh, let's see if you're still listening to the show after us rambling for all this time you can follow the show on our blog at www.voxpopcast.com you can follow us on twitter at voxpopcast on facebook.com slash voxpopcast subscribe to the show on itunes on stitcher on google play wherever else podcasts come from if you subscribe, go leave us a rating, hopefully five stars. Tell us, tell everybody you like us and leave us a review because that somehow helps people find the show in ways that I do not understand. And it's magic and deep, dark magic that comes from some other part of the universe. But please go do that. 
please follow us. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. Follow my blog at chrismaverick.com. Wayne, where do people find you? Uh, www.wayne-wise.com um, at Wayne underscore wise on Twitter. I, I got around to actually retweeting all of the Vox podcast stuff this week. <laughs> Yes. After weeks of me commenting that Wayne, you know, making fun of Wayne for having a Twitter that does nothing, even though I make him like promote it every week. Wayne's now tweeted um, 14 times in the last two days, but, but, but all of them are just retweets of the show. That's good. So, That's so, my my twelve my my twelve <laughs> followers now know about the the show. <laughs> but yes, follow the tw- so yes. I'd like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our theme song that is playing now. And you know, as, as I was telling you, I forgot to make fun of Max for the show because I'm being too long fun. last week. It's not that I forgot. So you yes, so you yeah. need to make fun of him twice. <laughs> The problem with making fun of Max for the theme song being too long is it's the end of the show. And, you know, I know everybody's just turning me off. So. <laughs> but for those of you who haven't turned off the show by now, thank you for listening. Th- yeah. Thank you guys for coming thanks. again, Abby and Kane. And thanks. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, for listening. We will Bye. see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Don't know when to give up, do you? I'm gonna do this all day. Sometimes I think you like getting punched.